This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Healthy Aging, providing you with the unique energy support of Pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years with a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. I think you'll find it very informative because today we're going to do a deep dive on a specific vitamin that we don't hear that much about. We always talk about uh, the B vitamins and we talk about uh, little B12, that's really popular, and B6, uh, sometimes B3. Uh, don't talk about vitamin B1 very much. And we're going to find out a lot about vitamin B1 in today's discussion uh, with Dr. Richard Mann. Uh, he's an expert on vitamin B1 and a widely recognized leader in the treatment of nerve problems in the feet and legs. And in a moment, you'll discover why that's relevant. He's developed innovative and highly effective non-surgical treatments for people suffering from numbness, tingling, burning, and pain. He's lectured domestically and internationally to thousands of physicians at numerous conferences on his highly effective techniques, uh, which have been adopted by many health practitioners. Uh, he has a unique and proprietary treatment that's helped many thousands of sufferers. And uh, so without further ado, here's Dr. Mann. It's a pleasure having you on Intelligent Medicine. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much for the invitation, Dr. Hoffman. I appreciate um, your uh, support and the kind comments you just made. Okay, great. Well, what got you interested in vitamin B1? Were you in a type of clinical practice where you just discovered that it had some utility? It's an interesting story. I was, I'm was i a podiatrist, a foot doctor, and I specialize, as you said, in nerve problems of the feet and legs. And I had a patient who came to me with a terrible pain, numbness, and stinging in their feet and legs. This was in April. And uh, there was little I could do for her except give her uh, medicines that suppress the nervous system. And um, I'm, I'm not very uh, happy about doing that, although sometimes it's important. And then she went away. I practice in Florida, so she went away for the summer to Europe. And when she came back, I saw her and I said, how are your feet feeling? And she looked at me. She said, oh, that's fine. That pain went away. But I have a problem with this toe. And I stopped her. I said, what do you mean that pain went away? The type of pain, the nerve pain you were having doesn't go away generally unless you use heavy medications. And she said, no, they gave me this um, this stuff when I was in Switzerland, and it made me better. Hmm. And um, uh, my response to her was, what's the name of that stuff? <laughs> right. And that stuff was I would certainly do the same, yeah. Yeah, that stuff was benfotiamine, and it was uh, benfotiamine. It turns out is a highly bioactive, well-absorbed form of vitamin B1 or thiamine, 
and uh, it worked. I was using it on my patients with similar pathology, or sim- similar pain and discomfort and numbness, and I was just I was shocked at how well it was working. Then I spent about two to three years figuring out, one, the mechanism, also this, how safe it was. I wasn't going to give it out unless I was sure about its safety, and its safety was impeccable, just um, incredibly safe, no issues at all in the literature, and it's what I found when I gave it to my patients, and we did remarkably well in improving nerve function in the feet and legs on many people who were having very, very decreased quality of life and were quite distressed by what was going on with the nerves in their feet and legs. And the science drove this whole thing for me, and it turns out that Vitamin B1 or thiamine is absolutely essential for proper nerve function. Not only the nerves in the feet and legs, but also in the brain. A nerve cell is a nerve cell. And the reason vitamin B1 is essential is because nerves, neurons, use approximately tenfold the amount of energy as most other cell type. What's usually described is that the brain is 2% of the body weight, yet it uses 20% of the output blood output from the heart and uh, it's uh, the analogy is that's 10 times the metabolism 10 times the energy necessary to support the function and that's rather uh, that's a, that's a that's rather true and it's a factor of the the fact that uh, nerve cells work by conducting what's called action potentials that's how they communicate mm-hmm. and the the production of an action potential is very very intensively energy dependent. So um, when you have a problem with energy generation within the nerve, the nerve uh, does not conduct action potentials as well. And when that happens in the feet and legs, your, your brain interprets that as numbness, tingling, burning. It's or like static pain. from a radio that's not properly functioning. Yes, but but it's, it's, it's energy dependent. And that's where vitamin B1 comes in because the way the body in general generates ATP, which, uh, as we know, is the, the energy currency, the molecular energy currency in cells, it does it through the mitochondria, and the mitochondria need vitamin B1 in order to function properly. Without vitamin B1, the mitochondria don't generate any ATP. So if there's any situation whereby vitamin B1 is decreased, mitochondrial ATP production can be decreased. And because the nerve cells require so much more energy than other types of cells, one of the first places that this presents itself clinically is in the nerves to the feet and the legs. So vitamin B1 deficiency can cause this problem. And restoring vitamin B1 levels we found with an appropriate form of vitamin B1 when used properly was very successful. And um, that's how I got started. So how how prevalent is uh, B1 deficiency, or perhaps we should even say insufficiency, because we know that with certain vitamins, uh, you know, you might test, oh, your levels are a little low, low normal. You know, the the cutoff for vitamin B12 is, I think, is in some labs is 200, but that's not nearly enough to power the brain when it comes to B12. So is it is it possible in uh, for a walking around uh, non diseased person to become insufficient in B1? That's an excellent, excellent question. Well, it turns out that people who are B1 deficient 
are in certain demographics generally. It doesn't mean you have to be in that demographic, but people in those demographics, they tend to be vitamin B1 deficient. Fifteen years ago, a study was done in England about vitamin B1 and diabetics, and it turns out that diabetics have 25% the circulating vitamin B1 in their plasma as do people who are non-diabetic. So you have these, uh, this group of diabetics who are in general endemically vitamin B1 deficient, and this is not very, very well known. So when you restore B1 levels in, in diabetics, uh, it's, be, uh, it's helpful because they are generally vitamin B1 deficient. Alcoholics become vitamin B1 deficient. Um, I think um, 10, over 10 million vitamin, uh, alcoholics tend to be vitamin B1 deficient. Which, I, which I remember very well from my uh, medical training because I trained at Bellevue and the Manhattan VA, and there were lots of alcoholics who rolled in from the Bowery. Uh, and the first thing we did, and you'll remember this from your medical training. I don't know where, where you trained, but I trained here in New York. Uh, we'd give them a, a vitamin B1 shot because they had a medical condition called Wernicke, Wernicke's uh, Wernicke-Korsakoff uh, syndrome, which is uh, or Wernicke's encephalopathy, which is uh, a, a brain disorder where, look, I mean, a lot of these guys rolled in and they didn't make a lot of sense. We thought they were drunk, but actually they, in part, they were B1 deficient, which made them uh, cognitively impaired. You know, I, I, by the way, that's, that's an excellent point. Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome is really an end stage on uh, alcoholics when they're so deficient in thiamine or vitamin B1 that they have this cognitive impairment, and um, you hang a banana bag, which is multiple vitamins in it, or give them a shot of, of thiamine or vitamin B1 to improve what's going on there. Sometimes it's just not reversible when it gets that bad. But prior to that, alcoholics are, are becoming vitamin B1 deficient, and the mechanism is that alcohol is toxic to the the proteins in the stomach and intestines that allow you to absorb vitamin B1. They're called thiamine transporters. And alcohol is a very toxic uh, drug, and it does a lot of damage to the body. And one of the things it does is it destroys or it damages the mechanism by which you ordinarily absorb vitamin B1. That's why alcoholics tend to go, or after you know years of this, this uh, abuse of uh, alcohol can develop Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome. But prior to that, they're having problems absorbing the vitamin B1 from their intestines and their gut, and they go into thiamine deficiency. And thiamine deficiency, and its end stage is a gives you the encephalopathy and, and uh, psychosis that you spoke about with Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome. But prior to that, the nerves to the feet and legs start breaking down and don't work properly. And that's when many people start to realize there's a problem. They're numb, their feet are hurting them, etc. What's of great interest with respect to this is when the thiamine transporters, which are designed to absorb water-soluble thiamine, which is what generally what we take, when they break down, you can't absorb any more thiamine that's water-soluble. You need a, a, a lipid-soluble form of thiamine, because a lipid-soluble form of thiamine is absorbed by diffusion into the into the intestine, through the intestine, into the bloodstream. Which is benfotiamine. Benfotiamine. Exactly you're, right. You're pronouncing it correctly. I, I pronounce it with a 
and for timing, but that's not the incorrect pronunciation, I guess. Uh, so is it possible for, you know, like a ordinary functional person who drinks a little bit and perhaps doesn't have the best diet, you know, maybe they have, a, I don't know, half a bottle of wine that's not uncommon or, you know, a couple of beers with dinner and then eat kind of a typical American, uh, yeah, kind of a, a sad diet, standard American diet, a little bit of junk food, uh, not a lot of nutritious food. Uh, could they be at risk, not of Wernicke-Karsakoff uh, syndrome, but of a subclinical uh, B1 insufficiency? Absolutely. And the best way of discovering that is, well, you could have a doctor run blood tests, although the blood tests that are used to measure thiamine levels are not uh, as good as we'd like. Uh, you really need a very sophisticated blood test to measure the thiamine levels in the body. Uh, or you could go ahead and take a trial of thiamine, or the appropriate type of thiamine, like in Zobrin, the benfotiamine, and in a month's time, you've restored your thiamine levels. And in a month's time, you'll see the difference if that was the issue. Thiamine is, is, is stored in the liver and the red blood cells, and it only takes about a month using the benfotiamine appropriately, as we do with Zobria, to restore the levels. It's the easiest way of finding out. Elderly people tend to be vitamin B1 deficient, and they, mm -hmm. that's because they have absor problems absorbing vitamin B1 as well, and they urinate it out excessively. That's what diabetics do. They urinate mm -hmm. it out excessively, and obese people tend to be vitamin B1 deficient. The, um, there's a correlation between water pills or diuretics yes. and vitamin B1 Especially Lasix, I think, right? Well, uh, yes, that's uh, a loop diuretic, I believe. Yeah, Lasix um, is, is responsible there. And also of interest, and not well known, is metformin, which is the most commonly used drug for diabetics. It competes with thiamine transporter molecules for absorption for vitamin B1. So the, the structure of metformin binds with the thiamine transporter molecule, uh, minimizing or lessening the transport of thiamine uh, into the uh, body. So you have this group of people, these diabetics who are thiamine deficient, and the medicine they're taking is impairing their ability to absorb it. And, and which is ironic because sometimes you take uh, these diuretics for heart failure, but actually I just did it, you know, while you were talking, I just did a search on uh, uh, the relationship between heart function and thiamine. And uh, it says it, there's an article that proposes that thiamine can support uh, the pumping action of the heart. So in effect, people who take these medications may be depleting themselves of a key vitamin that's essential for the mitochondria. Makes sense because the heart is, you know, very active mitochondria. Well, yes. And when thiamine was first uh, discovered about 100 years ago, they described two forms of its deficiency, a wet berry berry and a dry berry berry. Yes. And wet, ber well, wet, taking wet me back berry to med berry school. had yeah. to do... Yeah, wet berry berry had to do with uh, the heart pumping less efficiently and there being a collection of fluid. Yes, because uh, the, the patients end up with uh, leg swelling, uh, and uh, very rapid heart rate and, uh, you know, inefficient pumping action of the heart. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think the last time I studied that was uh, way back when. So uh, let's talk a little bit about beriberi. I know that, look, this is not a, a supplement to treat beriberi, but why do people in certain parts of the world get beriberi? I think it was actually one of the first vitamin deficiencies that were, was characterized early in the in the 20th century when they began doing 
real scientific research on vitamins? Well, that's why thiamine is vitamin D1. B vitamins are um, certain molecules. They're coenzymes. They're water-soluble coenzymes that are used in, uh, in metabolism. And the first one that was discovered was thiamine, or vitamin B1. And that's why they named it B1. That's the I first guess, one. After the yeah. fact. Yeah, the first one. And um, it was rather, thiamine deficiency is rather endemic in Japan and uh, in Asia. And it comes from uh, the fact that wealthy people eat rice with the brown husk has been taken off. Right. So people with, with, uh, with the ability to afford more expensive rice have the husk taken off. And the vitamin, vitamin B1 or thiamine is in that husk. So what would happen is um, you would uh, be able to afford the more uh, refined white rice, and people started suffering. As a matter of fact, I think this happened in prisons. Prisons, there were two types of prisoners, ones who could afford the better rice, which was the white rice, and the ones who couldn't, who were given the less desirable rice, which was the brown rice, which was just the white, uh, the white rice was just the brown rice with the outside taken off. And the, and the ones who could afford the better rice developed beriberi. And the ones who couldn't didn't develop beriberi. Beriberi is, I forget the language, an Asian language for I can't, I can't, meaning these people couldn't get up. They were so thiamine depleted. Wasn't it called like ouch, ouch disease or something? Yes, that's exactly right. I I think it's I can't, I can't. Okay. But, you know, I don't speak whatever language that is, so I can't verify the exact Yeah, I don't know how to say ouch, ouch in Chinese or Japanese, but there's a word for it. Probably ouch, ouch. (laughs) Yeah, because they were were experiencing uh, pain uh, due to the the nerve problems associated with uh, extreme deficiency. and the inability to even get up. They, they couldn't get up because they, they, you know, it affected them so badly. So, all right, you know, numbness, tingling, okay, got that. Uh, what are some of the other uh, symptoms that might suggest to a person that they would be a good uh, Zobria or, or benfotiamine responder? Well, if you have... Um numbness, tingling, burning or shooting pains in your feet and legs, and the presentation is length-dependent, and by what I mean that, how far away from the spinal cord the part is. So uh, it's, nerves use a lot of energy in order to work, and the longer the nerve, the more energy it's needed to keep it uh, appropriately working. You can imagine a nerve that's an inch long requires so much energy, and one that's three feet long requires so much energy. And it seems as though that's the progression that we see in the failure of nerves to the feet and legs. So if you start having problems in the tips of your toes, primarily the big toe, and after a while it goes to the second or third toe and up the middle of the foot, and maybe over a few months or years it goes up into your ankles, that progression is a length-dependent progression. The nerve starts in the spinal cord and ends at the spot that it's innervating. Mm -hmm. So as that ascends, that length-dependent ascendancy, that's indicative of this sort of thiamine uh, problem. Environment deficiency problem. Uh, are there other you symptoms? Also, uh, yeah, I mean, are, are yeah, other you, bodily you also symptoms? Have cog- 
Yeah, it also has cognitive problems. I, I, I treated a patient who had um, these symptoms in their feet and legs, and he had uh, been an alcoholic in the past, and he was he he was fuzzy. He didn't have the sharpness that he had in the past, and um, that was a symptom of vitamin B1 deficiency as well. And very often, people who have a history of alcoholism, and it doesn't matter if you're drinking now or you drank years ago, it's your lifetime consumption of alcohol that's significant here with respect to the damage to the alcohol transporters. Um, when they get improvement in the uh, the nerves in the feet and legs when they function better, they very often become aware of the fact that they are not as fuzzy. They're a little bit sharper. This is my experience with the patients I've treated. So um, that can be another issue with respect to thiamine. Thiamine deficiency can cause you to have fatigue. Um, sometimes you lose your appetite with thiamine deficiency. There are many uh, presenting symptoms, but far and away, the most common is the numbness, tingling, burning, and shooting pains in the feet and legs. Uh, is there any prospect for people experiencing fatigue to get a benefit from benfotiamine? Absolutely. I mean, if, if you have any of these symptoms and they're caused by uh, vitamin B1 deficiency, there is certainly a prospect that you can be improved. You can feel more energy. You can feel uh, uh, as though you have uh, greater abilities to do the things you want to do because your nerves are supplied adequately with a vitamin that they need in order to function properly. So it may be that your fatigue will improve. It may be that you'll feel sharper. It may be that you'll, uh, you'll have a better uh, feeling of uh, health with uh, Zobria okay. uh, or Benfotemin. Great. All right. So I uh, just uh, mentioned to our listeners that uh, it's a product that's available at Zobria.com. I'll spell it at Z-O-B-R-I-A.com. And um, we've uh, created a special opportunity for our Intelligent Medicine listeners. You can get 20% off if you apply the coupon code Hoffman at checkout at Zobria.com. So a uh, good point which to pause because uh, we divide our podcast into two parts, Dr. Mann. So when we return, more of today's deep dive on vitamin B1. Uh, this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 